morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. his presence. Amen. Praise God. Thank you to the team for leading us into worship. I'm going to conclude this series on the life of Joseph. And what a great series this has been. I've enjoyed um, every single week and, and hearing the word of God. You know, I think most of us like a good story. We like a good book. A good movie. Um, How many like to know the ending of the story before you read it or before you see it? Anybody like that? If you're watching, uh, give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you like to know the ending. You know, there are people, they get a book and they go to the end and they read the end before they start the book. I'm not necessarily one of those types of people. I like to be kind of kept in suspense along the way and kind of get the story as it unfolds. But every good story, every good book has a plot, has some drama, has some twists and turns along the way, and usually there's some interesting and people and interesting situations people find themselves in. And the story of Joseph that we've been looking at is definitely one of those stories that has a great plot and has a great number of twists and turns and and extremes as Brother Mark Carey talked about last week. It's the extreme of Joseph being favored by his father to being hated by his brothers. It's the extreme of of being cast into a pit by some of the people closest to you. Being sold as a slave to a band of men and going off to Egypt. To becoming the commander of Pharaoh's household. Talk about extremes. He, He was the administrator. He was really the top of the heap. He was a slave, but he was more than a slave in Pharaoh's household. He had it made in Pharaoh's, I'm sorry, Potiphar's household. He he was living a good life in Potiphar's household. Until Polly Potiphar, I call her, decides that she likes young, good-looking, handsome, buff Joseph. So she tries, of course, to get him to sleep with her. And and when he refuses because of his great love for God, the Bible says that she lies about him. And, And he went from being more than a slave to being a prisoner in one of Pharaoh's prisons. Talk about extremes. And we're going to see the ending of this story today. Of course, we that have been around church for a while, we know the end of this story. And it's easy to kind of watch and see and and go with Joseph as he goes, knowing that the end is going to be awesome. 
It's easy for us that know the Bible story. You know, yeah, you can do the prison, Joseph. You can do that because you, you, we know what's coming. Because after the prison, there's going to be a palace. High highs and low lows. I saw a, a quote this week and it said, The valley teaches us things that we will never ever learn on the mountaintop. I'm going to say that again. The valley, the trial, the test, the trouble that you're going through, it will teach you things that you will never, ever learn on the mountaintop. God allows the valleys, and God brings the mountaintops. I know that we're basically watching this at different places and homes and places around the GTA and beyond but, but I want you to think about the fact, have you ever been in the valley, been at rock bottom, and seen God turn things around in just a very short time? Have you ever seen God show up in an unexpected amount of time and completely turn the situation around almost instantly? I have. God comes through. My wife used to sing. Uh, she's actually watching today, so I can talk about her differently than I could talk about her when she's in the room. Uh, she used to sing a whole lot, actually. And there was one of those songs that she sang, He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. He may not come when you want Him, but He's always right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. I, I just want to encourage you right now. And I know I'm talking to people that are a part of Life Church, and you're in the middle of a trial right now. You're in the middle of a test. I know about some of the things you're going through. I've got a word for you today. And the word right now is this. The setback that you're in, the trial that you're facing, the trouble that you're currently walking through could be God setting you up for your miracle. Your setback today could be actually a God setup for your miracle. Hallelujah. I, I know I can't see your hands, but, but if you're watching today and you've got a situation, I just want to encourage you. I want to just come as a pastor today and let you know that God has the ability he can do it in a second. He can turn the tide. He can change the situation because we see him do it in the life of Joseph. This has been a great series. Week one, back at the beginning of May, Pastor Jonathan talked about the big dream. He talked about how that God gave Joseph a big dream when he was a young man at the age of 17 years old. You know, when you get those big dreams from God, when God speaks into your life that he's going to do some things in you and through you, I mean, we're, we're ready to roll. We're ready to go for it. He saw the, the, the sheaves of his brothers, the 11 brothers' sheaves, bowing down to his sheaf in a dream. Another dream, another night came, and he saw the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing down 
to him. Didn't make sense to Joseph. Didn't make sense to his father. Didn't make sense to his brothers. In fact, they thought he was being a little haughty with these dreams. But you know what? Even though the fact of the the dream did not make sense, one day, that dream that God gave him would be fulfilled. We learned in week one from Pastor Jonathan that God ordained dreams. They catapulted us into a God-ordained future. I don't know where you're at from the dream God gave you. I'm not sure where you're at from what God has spoken into your heart. But I just want you to know, if God gave you a dream, you're on your way to a God-ordained future. God has a dream for every single one of you. God has a plan for every life in this room and those watching now and later. We know the verse that says, we know the plan God has. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, prosper you give you a future, not to harm you. That, that's what God has for each one of us. God has a plan. God has a dream. In fact, I want you to repeat after me. God has a dream for my life. Repeat that with me. Say that one more time. God has a big dream for my life. Hallelujah. God has a big dream for my life. But then week two shows up. And Brother Andrew Duplissy did a fabulous job talking about the detours. The dream comes. But along behind the dream, there's a big detour. We, I don't like detours. Ever get on the highway and you're, 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 you know, you're going along and then either your ways or your, your app that you're using for driving tells you there's traffic ahead and, and then and you find out you've got to get off the highway and go through stoplights and villages and towns. along. Like Detours are a pain. I don't know about you, but I don't like detours. But God uses detours. In fact, I'm going to tell you today that that's where God does a lot of work. It's his process time. It's where God works on the dreamer. It's where God puts some things into the dreamer, and it's where God gets some things out of the dreamer. This young lad, Joseph, 17 years old, has a dream, and then the detour shows up, and the detour was 22 years long. Think about it. 22 years. Some of you are not even 22 yet. Like, just think, your life and a whole lot more. That's how long that God tested Joseph's attitude. Brother Andrew talked about the ABCs of detours. His attitude, his boundaries, and his convictions were tested in the detour. We learn from Brother Andrew that Joseph might have been in the pit, but while he was in the pit, he did not let the pit and the attitude of the pit get inside of him. The detour included the pit. It included Potiphar's house. It included Polly Potiphar. It included going to prison. 
We learned that in the detour, that's where we have to trust God and focus, stay focused, stay laser focused on God's plan and God's purpose in our life. Some of you are going through a detour right now. Some of you are in the middle of the the big detour in your life. And you don't see how it's going to turn around. You don't see how it's going to get fixed anytime soon. Here's what I would just tell you. The entire message of Brother Andrew was this. Trust God. Trust God. Just know that the Word of God says He's working things out for His purpose. Focus on God's purpose. Focus on God's plan. Don't don't just focus on where you're at right now, but focus on the fact that God is doing something and we trust Him in the middle of it all. Amen? Week three, Brother Mark Carey... He, he, he talked about the big responsibility. We learned from Brother Carey that, that God can bless you anywhere. Yes, we did. It, it didn't matter where Joseph landed. It didn't matter the detour. It didn't matter how low it was or how high it was. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. In the pit, the Lord was with Joseph. In Potiphar's house, The Lord was with Joseph. In prison, the Lord was with Joseph. So wherever you find yourself right now, it doesn't matter if it's a low, it might be rock bottom in your life right now. It doesn't matter. Keep your focus on God and know that God can bless you at rock bottom. God can be there with you. He will walk with you. God blesses wherever we go. The question we learned from Brother, Brother Mark was, the, the question we like to ask is, not, we shouldn't ever ask, where am I now? What, why am I here? We should never ask that. The question we should ask is, God, what are you trying to teach me in me today? What are you trying to do in me that will empower me, that will prepare me for when I get to the place that you want to get me to? Joseph, we, we learned that he took responsibility no matter where he landed, he, he landed in, in Potiphar's house and he, he took responsibility and he made his way to the top of the heap. He landed in the prison and he took responsibility and he, he was the second in command in the prison. And, and, and when people were there that had needs, he noticed that they had needs and he ministered to them. He didn't whine about where he was at. He didn't whine the fact that his situation was not so perfect right now, but instead of just whining and complaining, he ministered to others when he was in that low place. And because he ministered to the butler and the baker, because he helped them with their dreams, we found out that God was behind the the scenes working on Joseph's dream. You know what? Because he noticed others and because he helped others with their dreams, he was actually setting himself up for God to use that. He took responsibility and God noticed. And that was the thing that got him to his big moment. We're going to talk today about that big moment when the dream finally is fulfilled when the dreamer finally sees the dream fulfilled. 
You know, God is a God of purpose. God, he's got plans. Job 42 and 2 tells us, I know that you can do all things. Talking to God. Job says, I know that you can do all things, God. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You might say, well, where I'm at right now, in the situation I find myself in, there's no way that God can get, can, you know, get glory out of this. There's no way that God can use this. Be like Job. I know that you can do all things, God. And if you've got a purpose for my life, if you've got a plan for my life, there's no purpose of yours that can be thwarted. Hallelujah. When we understand that God has a purpose and God has a plan for our lives, we, we will look at life a little differently. When we're in the middle of a trial, when we're in the middle of a test, when we're going through troubles, we will respond differently if we know that God is in charge of our lives. Psalm 31 and 14 says, But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. That's, that's something today that would be good for you to kind of pray. Especially for those of you that are going through a trouble or a trial right now. P- pray this prayer with the psalmist. You are my God. My times are in your hands. God, you are my God. Even though I might be in a tough time. Even though I might be at rock bottom. Even though I might find myself in my prison. You are my God, and my times are in your hands. I want to encourage someone today and let you know that no matter where you find yourself today, no matter where you find your life at this moment, just remember, God is at work. God has a plan. God has a purpose, and his purposes will not be thwarted. Joseph he went to this prison because of the lies of Pauli Potiphar. And, and I did some looking to find out how long he was in prison. And really, there's not enough scripture for us to determine how long he was there. Some theologians think he was there two years. Others say up to 10 years that he was in prison. He was there for a little while to, to get to the top of the, the prison hierarchy, to be able to to, to be there and be able to minister to the butler and the baker. We know that they were there, and we know that they were called out, and we know that one of them died, and one went back to serving. And it was a couple years later when, when the story that we're going to pick up right now. So, so Joseph was in prison, not for a week. He wasn't there for you know, a, a 21-day prison stint. He was in prison for a long time. But I want you to watch as we read the Word of God today how quickly God can take you from a prison to a palace. Reading in our Bibles, Genesis chapter 41. I've got a few verses to read here, but I just felt that it was important for us just to read the story together and just read and see what God does and how quickly God does it. Genesis 41 and verse 8, The next morning Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dreams. He called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. 
Today I've been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago, you were angry with the baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night, the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. But there was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard, and we told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant, and everything just as he had predicted. I was restored to my position as the cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. Someone say quickly. Prisoner for two to ten years, daily in prison, 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 prison. And on this day, at this moment, the guy that he had ministered to back a, a while ago remembers Joseph, tells the Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh sends for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. And he shaved and changed his clothes. He went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that you hear about a dream. You can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Jumping down to verse 39, the Bible says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dream to you, clearly no one else as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Look, look at the turnaround. See, see the, the, the change from prison to palace in, in a matter of moments. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a higher rank than yours. Wow. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for the second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. That is just amazing to me to think that this prisoner for at least two years doing prison activities in a moment, in an afternoon or a morning, he goes from a prisoner to the second in command of all of Egypt. I, I hope this encourages you that the current situation you might find yourself in, the current predicament that you might not like in your life, I want to tell you today, get ready. Because God has a way of getting you ready for your miracle, and He can turn it around in a moment, in a second. Your big moment is right on the horizon. Hallelujah. Keep your face strong. Keep your eyes locked on him because God is in charge of the story. Hallelujah. I, I, I pray you're getting this today. Hallelujah. You, you, you think, well, how long was it from the dream to when the dream was fulfilled? It was a long time. 
He dreamed the dream at 17. He, he becomes prime minister of Egypt at 30. And, and then there, there's the seven years, you remember the story, there's the seven years of, of plenty and the, the, the fat calves, and then there's the seven years of famine. Well, he gets through the seven years of plenty. He, he's the guy, he's organizing everything. All those things he learned back in Potiphar's house, those administrative skills that he learned back when he was a slave in Potiphar's house came in a little handy when God needed him to be the prime minister. His administrative skills had been honed in. God was working on him in Potiphar's house. God was working on him in the prison. And now he's the prime minister and he's got the skills that God needed in him when it was time to be the the top dog. So dreamed it at 17, prime minister at 30, seven years of plenty, and then two years of famine passed by. And all of a sudden, His brothers show up, looking for food. This was 22 years after he dreamed the dreams. Someone say 22 years. That's a long time. I don't know how long you've been waiting for God to fulfill the dream he gave you. But Joseph waited 22 years years. Continuing to read in the Word of God, Genesis 42 and verse 1. When Jacob, this is his dad, heard that the grain was available in Egypt, he said to his sons, why are you standing around looking at one another? I, isn't that like a dad? <laughs> Got 11 sons here. Why are you just standing looking at one another? Like, Come on now, get a life. I've heard that there's grain in Egypt. Go down and buy enough grain to keep us alive, otherwise we'll die. If you guys just keep standing here, we're just going to die. Let, let, let's, let's do something. Go to Egypt and let's get grain. So Jace, Joseph's ten older brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain. But Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother go, Benjamin, for fear some harm might come to him. So Jacob's sons arrived in Egypt along with the others to buy food, for the famine was in Canaan as well. And since Joseph was governor of all Egypt, and since Joseph was in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that his brothers came. And when they arrived, the Bible says they bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. This is when the dream was fulfilled. 22 years later, Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from? He demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied. We have come to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dream. Someone say he remembered the dreams. He remembered the dreams he had had about them many years before. You know those dreams that those brothers mocked him for? You remember those dreams that they ridiculed him about? Who do you think you are? You coat of many colors, favored son of Jacob. 
Who do you think you are? Why, why do you think that we're going to bow down to you? Who, who would think that, that you're going to have our sheaves? Like, that doesn't make sense. No, it didn't make sense. And here they were. The dream had finally been fulfilled. They didn't even realize it, that they were bowing down to their brother, Joseph. I hope you're listening today, church. I hope you're hearing what the Word of God is saying. If you find yourself in a place, it might be a bad place. It might be what you would call a prison. Well, I've come to let you know, this is not the end of the story. I don't know where you're at today, but this is not the end of your story. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And God's purposes will prevail. God will see you through. He will see the plan completed in your life. It may seem like it will never happen. It may seem like it will never come to pass. But just hold on to your dreams. Hold on to the promises of God. Keep holding on because God comes through on his promises. Hallelujah. God had a purpose for Joseph. It wasn't to have him go on this, all this big long journey for 22 years from country to country and slavery to, to Potiphar's house. It wasn't just to, to, to just treat Joseph badly. No, God needed a savior for his people. God, God could see down the road that there was a famine coming and he needed someone to be in the right place at the right time. He, he had to put a little detour here and a little detour there and a little problem here and a little problem there and a high mountain here and a low valley here to get him to the place where he would be the savior of his people. God was working his plan. You say, well, God's a, uh, he, he, he's, he's tough. No, no, God's got it all worked out. You might say, I don't like what I'm going through. Just know that God has a plan for your life. And God is working your story. And if you would just trust him, if you would just put it into his hands and know that God is with you on the mountaintops and in the valleys, he's with you through the trial, he's with you through the blessing. When the open heaven comes, he's with you. When the heavens are brass and you can't seem like you can touch God, he's still with you. God had a purpose for Joseph. And it was to save his family. A few more scriptures I want to read in your hearing today. Genesis 45 and verse 1. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to the attendants, Out, all of you. He was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. He broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of him. I bet they were stunned. I mean, they hadn't seen him for 22 years. Probably thought he was dead. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said to them, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was 
God who sent me here ahead of you. Hallelujah. Your trial, don't blame it on the devil. Now, the devil might have had some play in it, because the devil, he's tried to do some bad stuff to the people of God. But Joseph, he, he saw what was happening. He quickly put all the pieces together, and he said, it was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Verse 7, notice again, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you, your families, alive and preserve many survivors. Verse 8, notice he says it again. So it was God who sent me here, not you. He is the one who made me advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace, and the governor of all. God was the one who did this. Don't be mad at yourself. Don't be upset with yourselves. God had a plan, and God allowed us to do this so that he would get you here at the right place, at the right time, when famine comes to protect and save our family. And then a couple more verses, and I'm done reading. I've read a lot of scripture today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Genesis 50, verse 19, Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you. Verse 20, this is a great verse. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. He said, what you intended to do to hurt me, that they had no good intentions. In fact, they talked about killing this young guy, but God didn't let them go through with that. Because that was not God's plan. They intended to hurt him. They intended to do harm to Joseph. They they sold him into slavery as a mean act. But the Bible says what you intended for evil, God intended it all. Someone say all. God intended it all for good. Can, Can you just imagine how God turned things around here? Slavery, Egypt, bad news, bad circumstances, valleys and rock bottom places, elevated a little bit, but back to another prison. God did it so that Joseph would be at the right place at the right time to minister to someone who had a dream. He helped those guys fulfill their dreams, and God was working on his dream. He becomes a prime minister and he becomes a savior of his family. God knew what he was doing all along. God had a plan all along. You know what? When the devil comes against you with something, it tries to throw things your way to destroy you, to take you out, to get you to stop trusting in God. Know that God has got his hand on you and God can turn the bad. He can turn the coworker that's against you. He can turn the boss that's against you. He can turn whatever is against you today and he can turn it around and he can make it for your good. That's what God can do. If God has allowed it to come into your life, he has a purpose for it. I don't don't know if you got that one. If God has allowed it to come into your life, God has a purpose for it. I'm going to invite the music team to come back because I'm almost done. 
Well, there's a couple of great scriptures in the Word of God, and some of you have these ones memorized. But, but it's always good to have them refreshed in our hearing today. The, the great one we haven't reached yet in Romans, Romans 8 and 28. It says, and we know that all, oh, that's painful. We know that all things, someone say all things. We know that all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the mountaintop, the valley, the rock bottom place, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Someone say all things. God always has your best interest in mind. You might not think it today. You might say, you mean this place I find myself right now, pastor, that, that this is a God place? Yes. I think your brother Allen's a seal today at the hospital. I don't know where things are at. But you know what? All things. Someone say all things. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And then one of the verses I memorized as a child, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Today, I'm challenging you, Life Church. Trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Use your brain most of the time, but there are times don't, don't trust in your understanding. Don't lean on how you think it should turn out. Don't, don't try to work it out in your mind, but when you trust God, when you put your situation in His hands, when you acknowledge Him in all your ways, the situation you're in right now, when you take it to God and say, God, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know why I'm here. But God, help me to learn the lessons that you're wanting me to learn in this place. The Bible has a promise that He is going to direct all of our paths. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review, or even both. And share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.